census in 2001 said that there are probably about 68%, 68% of the population considers itself to be Christian. And so the question that I throw out to you this morning, it's a rhetorical question, I'm going to answer it, but I'm going to throw it out there, uh, is would anybody miss us if we closed our doors? Would anybody miss us? Would it really, would it really cause uh, people to say, oh, that's really, really sad, that's too bad, that's going to hurt us? That's going to leave a great big hole in this world. I would say this to you today, that if we can't say we would be missed, uh, then we've got some real serious problems. But the good news, and the short answer to the question, would we be missed, uh, is yes. And 2011 <laughs> definitely and sufficiently proves that. So the question this morning is, why Cross Church? And the, sh- and the answer to that is because of what we do. Because of what we do. We have a culture here of generosity and adventure. We have a culture here that believes in making a difference in this world. Right here in our community, right here in our province, in our country, in our city, and literally around the world. And I'm going to give you some some proof of that. Why do we do this? Why do we have this commitment to making a difference here and abroad. Where do, where do we get that from? Is it because the pastor uh, suffers from ADD? Is that it? Squirrel. They've got to find something to do. Oh, there's something to do, and there's something to do, and let's burn everybody out. No, that's not why. I, really, I'm not. I'm, I'm not looking for things to do. The truth of the matter is, is this summer when, when teams are going to Burundi in the Philippines, um, I will be going there as well, but I can tell you, I'd much rather be going on a cruise. Yes. But I'm going to Burundi in the Philippines. Why do we do it? Why do we, why do we spend the time and the energy and the money and the resources on these big projects? This past Friday, a team from this church went downtown to the Lighthouse Mission. Why make the sacrifice? Why put yourself in danger on the streets of Winnipeg? Why do that? Why, why uh, do we take up an offering here? And why do we ask you to give and give generously? Well, I believe it comes directly out of the teaching and the instruction of Jesus Christ. And this is what Jesus said. Let's look at this together. Maybe we could read it with me. It says, if you try to hang on... Oh, are you with me on this? <laughs> it's Jesus' words, right? Okay, here we go. Ready? Matthew 16, 25 to 26, right out of the Bible. And here's what Jesus says. And everybody say it with me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? So here's the thing. Jesus teaches us in a way to challenge our way of thinking. Because I'm going to tell you right now, what Jesus says here maybe does not at first glance make sense to us. In fact, we might say, well, I don't agree with that. Jesus, when he was on this earth preaching for those three years, he challenged the, the wisdom of the world at that time by teaching through paradoxes. And uh, there are many paradoxes in the scripture. For instance, blessed are the poor, Right? What does blessed mean? It means happy, right? Happy are the poor. And we would say, really, Jesus? 
You really say the poor are happy? And then he goes on to say, blessed are those that mourn. Really? Happy are those who mourn? And he goes on to say, blessed are they that uh, hunger and thirst after righteousness. If you want to be great, you have to be a servant. Uh, he goes on to say, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And then this one, if you want to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, then you'll save it. Jesus is challenging the way we think. Because here's, here's the, the, the way that all of us think and the way that all of us are. We are, if you don't know this yet, by nature, quite self-centered. We would much rather put ourselves first. Isn't that right? Everybody said? Well, whether you said yes or not, it's true. That person beside you, very selfish. That's what we are by nature. In fact, all the recorded history proves it. From the time, from the, from the, the, the millennia before Christ to the two millennia after Christ, what do we, what do we discover? We discover that human beings by nature are self-centered. We put ourselves first and we believe, look at this, we believe that if we put ourselves first, that'll make us happy. And Jesus comes along and challenges that way of thinking and he says, you got it all wrong. If you want to really be happy, if you want to really get a life, then what you got to do is you've got to lose it. Now, over the years here, we've been talking about, uh, about coming up with a tagline for, for this church. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking maybe we could have this as a tag life, a tagline. Come and give your life away. Or cross church, come and die. It doesn't quite catch people, does it? It's not really what people are looking for. You know, if you're looking for a church, uh, cross church, come and die. I don't know about that. Fine, give me a church that promises me that I'll be rich, and that's the church I'm going to go to. But the fact of the matter is, is that the teachings of Jesus Christ tell us that in order to be happy, in order to be content, in order to get a life, Jesus says you've got to lose it. Now, this does not make sense to the natural mind. It may not even seem reasonable. But here's the thing. This paradox, this self-contradictory statement, causes us... To to recognize what is really the truth, what is really important. And Jesus is making it clear to us that if you live for yourself, you'll never be happy. Why cross church? It's because of what we do. And what we do is we, we respond to the teachings of Jesus Christ that says, come and lose your life. Come and give it all away. And we really believe it here. In a few moments, you're going to just hear some testimonials of people's lives were changed because there are people who were willing to give their lives away. Do you know, in, uh, in 2011, we did, uh, I got Taryn to, to do some number crunching and come up with some statistics for us. She tells us that over, uh, over the course of a week, Sunday and midweek, we have over 160 people volunteering in, in the various programs of this church, including Sunday serving, the ushers, etc. hundred over 160 people. I'm going to tell you that breaks that breaks all the all the averages and breaks all the all the statistics that say that that the average involvement of of in most congregations is, would be far less than that. But we have people here that that actually believe what Jesus says. We have people here that are, are who actually believe that that making a sacrifice. That losing your life really 
is the best way to go. Taryn found out from Mark that there were a full 63 people who volunteered for our Christmas production this past year. Just blows you away. Do you know that we gave away over 1,800 free meals last year? Probably uh, more, more 2,000 plus. Absolutely staggering. 2,000 free meals. We had 86 people who volunteered to go to the Lighthouse Mission last year. And that is to go and to serve these people, to talk to them, to love them, to sing for them, to make meals for them. We cooked turkeys and hams and all kinds of things. 86 people. Do they get a paycheck for that? No way. Well, maybe they do. They get the, the paycheck is the satisfaction of going and serving and loving others. We gave away 306 shoeboxes to Samaritan's Purse this past year. Why cross churches? Because of what we do. And if we weren't here, there'd be 308 kids that didn't get a shoebox last year. A shoebox that includes some of the basic necessities of life, including clear instructions about who Jesus is and what a, what a difference Jesus can make in your life. Because across church, it gets better, folks. In 2011, you know, we raised almost a quarter million dollars in missions outreaches, in taking care of the North, taking care of this community, in reaching out to Kitway and Chihuahua and Burundi. It's just absolutely staggering. This church in the core area of Winnipeg raising a quarter million dollars to make a difference in this world. Why cross church? Because we believe what Jesus says. We believe that Jesus, when Jesus says, if you lose your life, you'll find it. Uh, we believe that that will really happen. And we believe there's people here whose lives have been transformed because they've taken seriously this call to give your life away. 29 people went to Kitway and Chihuahua. We sent a full container, 8 feet by 40. 30 sewing machines, we, bales of materials, probably a probably a ton of material that we sent that, uh, that would be sent for these families in, in Zambia. Uh, these sewing machines give each family a, a livelihood. And they were like 100-year-old sewing machines. And some of you really got on fire, really got excited about going to pick them up. And uh, I've said this many times, Debbie was in there, Deb Barrett was in there fixing those sewing machines so that we could send all 30 of those old sewing machines. I've never seen so many old Singer sewing machines in my life. And there we are, getting them ready and packed up to send them to Africa. And people brought cloth along so that we could, we could send that along so that they could actually use those sewing machines to make stuff for themselves. We, we, uh, we came up with 30 computers. We had 30 computers donated. We sent that off. Mattresses, plumbing supplies, school supplies, bicycles, sports equipment. And, and the list goes on. And if that were not enough, then we sent off two plumbers to Kitway so that they could install a water system. Our own Corey finds back there, he went with another fellow and, and the two plumbers, they installed a water system there in, in Kitway. And one of, the, one of the houses they supplied water to was the house that our church raised funds for. We actually built a, a house for children and we also built a house for young adults that were now growing up. This church has made a difference. This church has made a difference. Why cross church? Because we've got so much work to do. 
We're not a church that just sits here, just going through the liturgy, going through the religious rituals, come here and I'll stroke you and make you feel better and send you home. No way. I'm saying come and give your life away. Come and lay down your life. Come and do something radical for Jesus. This, my friends, is what real Christianity is all about. We were able to, to give money to, to the Ragunas so that they could go and teach preachers how to preach in third world countries. What a thrill, what a delight to be able to have them as part of our team. We sent, we sent people around the world. We sent uh, money around the world. Do you know, we, I did a, a rough calculation. Do you know that we collected and gave away over eight tons of clothing last year? Did you hear that? Eight tons of clothing. And we didn't ask for money for any of those clothing. We just gave them away. Collected it and, because we believe that this is part of what God has called us to do. Remember what Jesus said, I was naked and you clothed me. That's why we do what we do. We've come to give our lives away. We've come to serve others. We even sent the young man to Bible college. I came back after our trip last summer and I said, uh, I said, you know, we, we had a young fellow that wants to go to Bible school and, uh, we, if it's possible, we'd like to raise the funds. And you know, after the service, after I made that announcement back in, it was, uh, September, I had somebody in the congregation come to me and say, you know what, I want to pay for his full schooling in Africa. And, uh, and so, as it turns out, the young man that wanted to go to Bible school couldn't go. So in, 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 in his place, the interpreter that we had in Chihuahua also wanted to go to Bible school, and so he went in his place. Well, guess what? This past week, at 5 o'clock in the morning, I get a call from the original guy, John Malunda, at 5 a.m. And I said, John, do you have a clock there? <laughs> 5 a.m., it's 5 a.m. here. He goes, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, Pastor, so sorry. And then, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a Zambian accent. I think that's kind of more Chinese. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that's all I can do. Uh, he's, he's, okay, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going back to the accent. Uh, he apologized profusely, but then he said to me, I'm so sorry, I made some big mistakes. And I said to him, you know what, John, we love you. And, uh, you know, when we were there, this young guy, he was going preaching uh, every evening. And he, he, he's, he's ambien, but he sounds like a Nigerian evangelist, you know, really, really giving her. Um, but really a heart on fire and really wanting to make a difference in people's lives. I said, John, we love you and we'll do what we can. Well, guess what, folks? I told this in the first service this morning. I uh, told the people there uh, in the first service about, about this young fellow who wanted to go to Bible school. And the, the, the fellow that sponsored the first kid came up to me after the service. He said, Pastor, I want to I sponsor that second guy as well. That just happened this morning. Isn't that cool? That's what we're about here. That is what we're about here. It's not whining and complaining. Oh, the pastor's asking for money again. Look at Look, at, I, I don't want your money. I don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. This is an opportunity for you to go and lose your life and help make a difference in this broken and hurting world, this world that has so little. Yeah. Some of you know Robert McLean. He called me this past week, just out of the blue. It's about, about a week and a half ago. And he said, you know, Pastor Alan, I was praying today, and he said, I just felt I needed to call you. And uh, he said, I just want you to know that if it weren't for you and Cross Church, we would not be experiencing what we're experiencing right now in Aboriginal missions. Now, before I go any further, let me just give you some background. Robert's been involved for over 20 years 
in trying to reach the north, caring for the needs of the north. And you know right now the needs are massive. The, gov the, the federal government and the provincial government, they don't know what to do. But Robert's there on the ground. Now, he, he just felt like he had been deserted. And it was back in February, some of you remember that, he, he said to me, I just felt like I was at the end of my rope, like I couldn't go on, like, like nobody cared. So, but then Cross Church stepped up to the plate and said, we want to we help you. We want to help you get on your feet. Some of you remember that on that morning, that, uh, back in February last year, exactly a year ago, actually. Yeah, exactly a year ago to the day. Um, Robert shared with us his heart for the North and the great need. The need to train up young Aboriginal leaders to, 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 to take care of the people of the North. Long story... Very long story, just long. Robert and the Cross Church administrative team started meeting regularly. And we started setting up some, some goals and a strategy to help him get his school going and to help him uh, see the Aboriginal missions up and running. I asked the, the superintendent to the district of Manitoba if he would actually mind featuring Aboriginal missions at the, at the annual minister's conference in October. And the rest, as they say, is history. Pastors got excited. They got energized. We raised money. We raised enough money to, to hire some, some young leaders. Uh, we've got uh, Andrew Thunder sitting back there and, and Lindsay Giesbrecht, two of them working for Robert. They got the, the brand new school going. It's going to be uh, connected with the Providence College. Some of you may know that school. It's called Forge. I invite all of you to go to the website. Not right now. Keep your phones in your pockets and your iPads where they are. Do it later, please. I, I, I encourage you, go to Forge. Go to the Forge website and see this great school that is being put together um, chiefly, almost mostly, by Andrew. Uh, Andrew is the one that even came up with the name, Forge. Robert said to me, he said, did you understand, Pastor Allen, that if Cross Church hadn't, hadn't stood up and said, we will work with you shoulder to shoulder, none of this would be happening. Now, I tell you this this morning, not because we're bragging. No, far from it. I'm telling you this this morning so that you understand the significance of your involvement in this work, your support of what we do here. Why Cross Church? Because of the things that we do. I'm really, really excited about this summer. I'm excited not about the possibility of getting uh, diseases and sicknesses in the Philippines or Burundi. No, I'm not excited about that. I'm not so thrilled about, uh, about the heat I'm not so thrilled about necessarily the, the living conditions. What I am thrilled about is that our church gets to go and make a difference in the Philippines and in Africa. We built, I think, uh, we raised money to build some 20 NEPA huts in the Philippines for people who were homeless, had no place to live. You cannot under begin to understand the levels of poverty in these nations. That's why Cross Church stands up and says, how can we help? How can we serve? And so I'm get, I get to go with a team uh, from our church to the Philippines. And after that, I get to go over to Burundi and work with my dear, my dear brother friend, Dennis Weeb.
We've got we to think about 20 people sign up to go and make a difference around the world. Here's what really excites me. Is that God put it in Dennis's heart to go and, and, and serve the poorest of the poor in Burundi. Do you know that Burundi is, is uh, the fourth poorest country in the whole world? Congo is poor, and there's maybe two others that are poorer yet. But it's fourth. And very little, very little church involvement in that country. And we get the privilege, we have the honor of going and making a difference in that country. So when, when uh, Dennis and Taryn head out to Burundi in just a few weeks, they're going to be scouting out some land so that we can actually get established uh, a true village of hope. That's what this church is going to be doing. And we get, we get the privilege of being a part of that. Now understand that. If you want to gain your life, you've got to lose it. You've got to make some sacrifices. You've got to put others first. You've got to stop living for yourself. You've got to be prepared to make a few sacrifices here and there. I asked somebody after the first service, are you coming to the banquet? She said, I don't know if I can afford it. I said, you can't afford not to. You've got to find a way to make it there. And I can guarantee you this. This is, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that God will owe no man anything. God will be no man's debtor. God says this, that when you give to the poor, you're actually lending to God. How many know that God's got a perfect credit score? Anybody know that? Yeah. And I can tell you this, that if you're lending to God, God's not going to owe you anything. But I can tell you this, that when you lose your life for Jesus, that's when your life comes alive. That's when your life takes on meaning. Dennis, I've got to tell you, I'm so thrilled and I feel so honored and humbled by the privilege that's mine to be able to go with you to Burundi and to bring a team from this church to do a work there that, that nobody else wants to do. Nobody wants to go to that country because it's just been through massive genocide. You've heard about the Rwandan genocide where Burundi went through it too. And we get to go now and bring hope to these people. We get to go and love them. I can't think of a better way to, to spend my life. I can't think of a better way to to die and to give my life away. Yeah, Cross Church, great tagline, come and die for Jesus. <laughs> come and give your life away. Yeah. It doesn't make sense initially, but when you start thinking it through and when you start experiencing what a difference it makes, I can tell your life has changed forever. On our team in Chihuahua last year, my good friend Dave was with me and he he uh, overcome. We were all overcome by the by the poverty, the the incredible poverty around us. And you know, what he said to me, he says, he says, Pastor, hit me upside the head if you ever hear me complain again. And I got to tell you that 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 goes for all of us. You don't realize you don't realize how good you've got it, how much you have until you go to a third world country. But it gets better than that. You don't know what a blessing and what a joy it is to give until you've gone and you shared out of the abundance of what God has given to you. Folks, this is a privilege. This is an honor to go and lay down our life. Why do we, why do, we do this? Why do we go and, and share? Why do we go and give, give so much? Why do, we, why do we raise a quarter million and, and, and spend that on the poor and the needy? I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says that you and I were created in the image of God. Do you understand what it means to be created in the image of God? Well, let's, 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 let's look at that for a moment. What's God like? 
The Bible tells us clearly that God is love. That's how he chooses to describe himself. He's a loving God, full of love. And not only is he a loving God, but he's a God who hates injustice. He's a God that hates evil. He's a God who hates poverty. That's who God is. And here's what the Bible tells us to do. The Bible tells us to go and imitate him. The thing that brings us the greatest joy and the greatest pleasure is when we reflect Jesus. When we reflect our God, who is a giving God, a loving God, a God who wants to conquer injustice and poverty. Do you know that when Jesus came to this earth, when he began his ministry, he introduced himself like this in Luke chapter 4, 18 to 19. This is how Jesus introduces himself. Ready? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Look at if you really want to get on God's good side, then find out what moves the heart of God. And I'm going to tell you right here and right now that it's the poor and the needy. He says, he's, God's anointed me to, to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Dennis, I can't think of a better way to describe what we'll be doing in Burundi, bringing freedom to those who are oppressed, bringing hope for the poor, bringing life. But it only happens, folks, when people are willing to show up and say, I'm ready to lay down my life for others. That's why we do what we do here. Why cross church? Because we want to honor God. We want to do what he tells us to do. And that's to go and make a difference in this world. I'll tell you right now, happiness and contentment will never come from living for yourself. Has this church made a difference? Oh, yeah. Many, many lives have been touched. Many lives have been changed. Many people have been encouraged. Many people have been given hope. Let me share this. It's, a, it's, a, it's an excerpt from a letter that I got from Evangeline who was there in Chihuahua. When we, when we arrived in Chihuahua, she was so discouraged. The local chief was trying to steal their land from them. She wondered, you know, God, are you even there? Do you even care? We, we just seem to be fighting, fighting, fighting. And all we're trying to do is we're trying to care for the poorest and the needy people in this community. God, where are you? And then she got word from Cross Church that Cross Church wanted to go and bless them and minister to them. So here's what she says. It came to a point where I felt like I was at the end of my rope. Several times I cried out to God, please give me more grace to carry on. Please perfect your strength in my weakness. Many times I felt like running away, but I had nowhere to run. Many times I felt as though I couldn't get to Canada fast enough and I was yearning for a time of refreshment, rest and rejuvenation. What kept me here this long was knowing that a team from Cross Church was coming. I was determined to hold out for, the, for their stay, and I'm so glad that I did. In perfect timing, God allowed the Canadian team to show up. They showed up full of love and peace and joy, faith, and encouragement. Where in the past we were discouraged by others, Cross Church showed up to lift us up and to spur us on with our dream. 
They didn't hold us back. They pushed us ahead, coming alongside us to ease our burden. The team has eased our burden socially, emotionally, spiritually, financially, mentally, physically. And I haven't got time to, 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 to give you the examples, but she actually gives examples of how we ease the burden socially, physically, emotionally, mentally, etc. She says, thank you for easing our burden by providing for our meals and necessities and by overwhelming us in a good way with gifts of all kinds, fence, plumbing, tools, freezer, things to advance our vision. Thank you, Cross Church, she says, for practicing pure religion by caring for widows and orphans, both in Kitwe and Chihuahua. Thank you for sacrificing your time, energy, finances, and resources. Thank you for your ongoing prayers. We've been so blessed. We can't believe it. God is so good. Thank you, Cross Church. It's what we do, folks. We make a difference in people's lives. John Mulanda called me this, uh, this past week. He says, you have no idea, Pastor, the impact that that Chihuahua team, the team that went to Chihuahua, what, what an impact that team made on us in our village here. You have no idea. And I think to myself, God, what a privilege, what an honor that I could go and lay down my life, lose my life, and experience far greater joy, far greater contentment and happiness. After I read that letter at the celebration that we did last September, some of you remember it, after we got back from, from Africa, we had a special night to rem- just to reminisce and to share with the congregation the great things that we did there, all 29 of us. There was somebody who was sitting there, been coming to church for a while, and this letter that I just read to you from Evangeline really touched the heart of this individual, and I asked for permission to read this some time back, and so I'm, I want to read it to you again. But uh, this, per- this individual who heard this letter wrote me a letter after that service, and here's what she said. She said, I enjoyed tonight's presentation very much. I can see the light that's been placed in each one of you, and its warmth also changes me. Isn't that something? She was just hearing about the work that we'd done in Africa and the warmth that we brought to them. And she said, that warmth has carried over now, and it's warmed her heart as well. She says, nothing touches me more than Evangeline's letter. Thank you so much for reading it. I identify so clearly with the way that she had been feeling. The role the cross church has played in my life parallels the hope that you have restored in hers. You have, with the gift of friendship, breathed Christ's love into my heart. And it has changed me. It has been a great comfort. I've always struggled with belief, but having driven self-will to destruction, I have become willing and you have shown me a living Christ. I have not feared entering into the body of Christ and I want to thank you for leading me to Jesus. I had the privilege of baptizing that individual just last month in January. She's part of my family. She's my sis. This is what Cross Church is about. It's about bringing light to people who are in darkness. About bringing hope to people who are feeling hopeless. Bringing peace to those who are in turmoil. That's what this church is about. It's about giving you a purpose. It's showing you that there's a better way to live than to live just for yourself. You show me an unhappy individual, a person who, who's struggling with, and, and, and is miserable, and I'll show you somebody who probably is very, very wrapped up in his or her own life. It's time for you to lay down your life, to lose it, 
so that you can get the great light that Jesus has promised. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it how? More abundantly. Have it to the max. That's what God wants for you. But it'll only come when you are prepared to say, God, I'm ready, ready, willing, and able to lay down my life. I've asked Tom to share with us. Tom, would you come up here for a moment? We've got some, I think, close to 20 people who are going, some to the Philippines, some to Burundi. Tom is going to be going to Burundi. And I've got to tell you, it's a special joy to me because Tom is one of the original people that uh, was in our church when it was actually over on Elgin Avenue, just a handful of people. And, and now Tom and I get to go on a missions trip together, go to establish, help establish a village of hope right there in Burundi. Um, so Tom, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked you in the first service. Where are you going? Um, we're not quite sure exactly what we're going to be doing there, but I know that uh, that will be used. I know that uh, we will be a blessing, and I know that we will be blessed. So whatever whatever God wants us to do, whatever God leads, that's that's what we'll do. Now, that's uh, that's the kind of attitude that we're looking for. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know why I'm going. I just know that I need to go. And for those of you who went to Africa last year, it was pretty much the same thing. We don't know exactly what we're going to do or why we're going, but we got to do it. Corey was probably one of the only ones that actually knew what he was going to do when he got there, and that was to install plumbing lines, water lines. We're going to Africa. We don't know what we're going to be doing there. But here, this man here, some of you may or may not know it, but this guy has been through, uh, through struggles that probably – very, very, very few of us have ever been through. For starters, um, well, Tom, tell us your story about when you were 15. When I was 15, I was uh, diagnosed with cancer with two weeks to live. Two weeks to live. Yeah, two weeks. Uh, Didn't know the Lord. My family didn't know the Lord. But there was a church... I love God enough to love us. They showed compassion and friendship and uh, unconditional love that we, we, my family, had never experienced. And in the time when we needed it, they were faithful. They were faithful to the God that they loved. And they brought my whole family to him. So that's why we do what we do here. To show God's love to the hurting, to the needy, to those that are hopeless. And it works. I'm proof of that. Tom, two weeks to live. Um, And you came through it. And now... Someone reached out to you and made a difference in your life. That's right. And now you get to go to Burundi and do the same thing. Exactly. Some of you may not know it, but uh, Tom suffers with uh, arthritis quite badly. 
and uh, he had a during his treatment had a bad blood transfusion that has uh, given him a, a weak liver isn't that right yeah. yeah and I in my heart of hearts I want to say no no stay home Tom you shouldn't do this but I can tell you the best thing for Tom is to go in, in obedience to Jesus and to do exactly what Jesus says to go and make a difference in the world <laughs> Tom has got a young family and I'm pretty sure last time I checked you're not a millionaire right nope If you are, <laughs> and the, the question is this, is how, how do we do this? How do we pay for this? Uh, to go to Africa, to go to Burundi, it's going to be about $4,000. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> 29 of us asked the question, how are we going to do this? And what we did is we took it to God in prayer and we said, God, show us the way. Help us, help us to do this thing. And so uh, I've been praying for Tom, praying for the team, praying that God would just provide and meet the needs of everybody who's going. I can tell you there's not one millionaire on the team. Quite the opposite. Tom, we've been praying, and uh, God has heard your prayer. And so tell us, uh, tell us some of your good news. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, my, my boss, Winston, asked me to come into his office. And uh, I work at a computer company, just uh, the Acme Computer Company. <laughs> you said Mountain and McPhillips. <laughs> Anyways, so he, he, he would talk about the business, what he's doing on his side, what I'm doing on my side. And then I said, well, what's happening with you? I said, oh, well, we had our, our, first, uh, our first meeting about, about Burundi. He said, oh, well, why don't you tell me about it? So I told him about it, what uh, the time frame is and stuff. And he said, well, how much is it going to cost? So I told him what the cost was. And he said, okay, well, the company will give you $2,500. And he said, the, the time off is not part of my vacation. And he also said it would be with pay. And he told me to uh, send an email out to all of our employees. We have over 60 of them asking for their support. So I'm going to Burundi. Dennis, don't know what we're doing, but we'll do it. Right on. Thanks, man. Thank you, man. What a riot, eh, Tom? Like, people, I've got to tell you, there is no greater fun, no greater thrill, no greater joy in this world than responding to what Jesus tells us to do, and that's to give your life away. You give your life away, and you'll have a joy and excitement. You'll have a thrill that, that nothing, nothing in this world can give you. And you go and give your life away. I'm telling you, it's the, it's the thing that's nearest and the dearest to the heart of God. Tom, Tom told me about this last Sunday after the second service, just about 30 minutes before I went for lunch. When I got to, went to Wendy's for lunch, um, aside from seeing half the church there, <laughs> Tom's boss walks through the door. And I ran over to him and I gave him a big hug, <laughs> as I'm wont to do. And he st steps back and he looks at me like this. 
who is this person assaulting me? I said, do you remember me? <laughs> uh, I, just heard, I just heard what you're doing for Tom, and I want to say thank you from the depths of my heart for partnering with us and making this happen. And Tom, I don't know if I told you this or not. I'm pretty sure I didn't. But you know what he said to me? He says, Pastor, anytime you're going on a trip anywhere, take Tom with you. So, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what that means, Tom. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a good thing. But you know what, people? I'm going to tell you. When, you. when you step into the adventure, when you're willing to say, God, I'm, I, I want to be a part of what you're doing in this world, you are going to have the time of your life, and you're going to see miracles take place. You're going to see your needs met in ways you'd never expect it. I can guarantee you that Tom's boss would not be giving him two weeks without, without pay, or two weeks with pay, plus 2500 bucks if he wasn't going to Burundi. That would not be happening. But I'm going to tell you, every time you step up and say, God, here am I, use me, God does a miracle. God does a great miracle. Would you stand with me, please?